years and years ago, no one would ever talk about going to a therapist and seeking mental health and, or mental health support. And, and I think now people are more open to that. People realize the benefits of it. And it's the same as having a coach or some type of support group. It's so important for us to navigate through that day-to-day with those coaches. Um, So I don't see, I still think there's a ton of room of opportunity for us as HR leaders to continue to talk about it more with each other, but I am seeing us having more and more of those conversations. Um, And it doesn't even have to be a coach. It's what is that external support group look like where you feel you can go to someone for advice or just go to someone to complain and unload and get that off your chest. Hi, all. Welcome to yet another episode of Hacking HR podcast. Today's conversation is very different from our regular podcast that we've done so far. Today, we are discussing how HR leaders can adapt and navigate in the uncertain times. To give you a context, HR leaders are today working round the clock, taking unprecedented measures to keep their employees safe and ensure that the organizations survive. They are navigating through furloughs, layoffs, reduction in workforce, and so to say, the great resignation. They're also adjusting to the changes in the different work models that are emerging by the day. And if that was not enough, they're also busy creating business continuity plans, drafting emergency communication procedures, and also promoting the overall wellness and well-being of the people in the organizations. But then an interesting point to note is, How are they taking care of themselves? What is it that the HR leaders are doing to stay resilient in this whole uncertainty period that they are facing along with the organizations to ensure that it's not just the organization and the workforce success, it's their success as well. Interestingly, we're talking today to Megan. She has more than two decades of experience in leading human resources in different industries. Hi, Meg, how are you? And it's great to have you with us today. Hi, thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. Amazing. So Meg, I I think this is one of the topics um, of conversations that HR leaders and um, board members and senior leadership have been avoiding because it's all about who's going to address the elephant in the room and who's going to bell the cat at the end of the day. So uh, given that as the background, um, in your experience so far, how are you seeing uh, the different perspectives and aspects of HR leaders of coping up with uncertain times and how is it uh, impacting their wellness and well-being in the long term? Yeah, I mean, just in your introduction, that was quite a long list of what we were navigating through as HR leaders. And, you know, just being in it in your day-to-day, you don't realize how much there is. Um, But I think what happens is you realize it at night when you lay your head down on the pillow and you're just so mentally and emotionally exhausted, not only from your personal lives and whatever is happening there, which is a lot, but your professional life and, you know, what you're doing to help keep employees and executives safe and healthy and happy and engaged. Um, I am seeing, you know, so many HR leaders, including myself, completely burnt out, exhausted, and not really feeling invigorated um, just because not only are these challenges that we're faced with, they're, they're exhausting and really serious challenges that no one has the answer to. Interesting. So um, 
there's always been a conversation around having coaches. Um, so HR leaders right now are working for coaches for the senior executives uh, uh, and, the, and the leadership team. They're also working towards coaches for the team managers and people leaders um, who are progressing in their day-to-day uh, -day career. But from HR leader standpoint, I've really heard them going through a coaching. Um, it could be personal coaching or professional coaching. So do you see some kind of an unconscious bias or a fear of being judged in the organization about their role and their capability to be able to drive and sustain the uncertain times uh, if, if they were to take coaching up as one of the factors to stay resilient? You know, I honestly don't think so. Maybe a couple of years ago, it might've been something that, you know, we all wouldn't talk about, but I feel that it's, I do compare it to therapy, right? Years and years ago, no one would ever talk about going to a therapist and seeking mental health and, or mental health support. And, and I think now people are more open to that. People realize the benefits of it. And it's the same as having a coach or some type of support group. It's so important for us to navigate through that day-to-day -day with those coaches. Um, so I don't see, I still think there's a ton of room of opportunity for us as HR leaders to continue to talk about it more with each other, but I am seeing us having more and more of those conversations. Um, and it doesn't even have to be a coach. It's what is that external support group look like where you feel you can go to someone for advice or just go to someone to complain and unload and get that off your chest. Super. So um, then in, in your view, because there's so much happening, uh, what could be the certain areas which HR leaders should care about um, by taking care of themselves without impacting the overall organization outcomes? Yeah, I mean, Everyone says as an HR leader and also as, you know, any type of caregiver, right? We are told you have to put on your oxygen mask first. You have to take care of yourself first to take care of others. And it's just, it's so much easier said than done because I, I think it's safe to assume as HR leaders, we're not thinking of ourselves first. We're thinking of our teams and our organizations. So, you know, I, I think really, how do we bring that to the front and how do we remind ourselves to do that? And what is that oxygen mask? Like what, what do we do? Is it, you know, having boundaries and blocking time for taking care of your kids or your parents or whatever caretaker duties you may have? Is it connecting with an internal support group where you just have time to talk about something other than work? Is it exercising and really outlining what are those one or two things that are small habits we can start building for ourselves to, to really become more natural and routine and taking care of ourselves. And, and it wouldn't feel so selfish to do that because we implement it and make it as part of our day-to-day. -day. Wow. So, um, so help me understand, Meg, um, there's always an anxiety, no matter how much the HR leaders say that they are resilient and they can see through and they can make it through. Uh, somewhere the challenging times bring in that anxiety, but then at the same time, how is it that they can cope it up with uh, like a pro? So uh, given that as the background and looking at the social innovation that is happening by the day uh, in, in, in 
in the environment around us. Uh, what do you see as some of the factors or what is your advice to the HR leaders in terms of uh, breaking down the anxiety levels at the personal level and of course what they're doing for the organization level as well? Yeah, gosh, if I had the answer to that, I feel like I could make a ton of money <laughs> and help everyone. Um, so I don't have, you know, the answer to that. But really what I say is um, it's really, gosh, and again, it, it sounds so naive to say because it's not that easy, but it's taking a step back and prioritizing. Um, you know, there are things that are urgent and that will come up, but for me, I, you know, at five o'clock, I block my calendar because that is when I'm going to have time with my kids. That's when I'm going to, you know, make dinner and just spend time with my husband and my family. And then if I need to get back on when everyone is settled and in bed, I can do that because I had that break and spent that time with my family. And, and that's what helps me. Um, but I think, you know, to, to reduce those anxieties, it's really pulling apart what is important. You know, I think building a culture where people feel they can bring them their whole selves to work, where they feel they have the psychological safety to do so, that is the most critical and everything else we can figure out. So how do we prioritize creating that culture and environment where not only our employees feel like they have that the mental health or the support to, to feel like they can take care of their mental health, because then I think it eases a lot of the pressures that we're being faced with to support them. Super. So uh, let, let me bring you another perspective for your thoughts uh, in, in this conversation. Um, with the advent of social innovation, I think there's also a pressure now building up in terms of measuring what matters. And I think data uh, and data analytics is also coming to the uh, uh, forefront for the HR leaders to drive the business decisions with the C-suite. So given that as another aspect, and we spoke about the burnout uh, aspect too. So how do you see HR leaders partnering with the boards or the CXOs um, in, in this whole journey of measuring what matters uh, without too much of anxiety? without getting burnt out, because we know that not all HR leaders are comfortable with numbers. And what is it that they can do to be able to bring in more meaningful insights and decision-making into the whole conversations? Yeah, um, I think that's a great question. And I think, you know, one of the important things is probably the benefits of what I mentioned before of having that external support group um, especially of other HR professionals. Like I think, I think us as leaders and HR leaders, we take a lot on ourselves to feel like we have to have the answer to everything. So, you know, taking away that anxiety for ourselves is saying to, to your C-suite um, executives and saying, let me figure out what this looks like. I don't have the answer right now, but let me figure it out. And then going back to that support group that you have and understanding what have you done in your organization? What has worked well? What hasn't? And let me share what I've done. And really just best practice sharing is like the best thing that you can do because we don't have time to sit and 
try, you know, a different, a hundred different ways to analyze data to make it look good. And really coming up and using that support group to best practice share, I think is the best way to take anxiety off of our plates because it's okay to say, I don't know, but I'm going to get an answer. And then you're building trust with that leadership team to say, you know, they went back and they did their research and, and this is how they're presenting the data to us. I think that's so important. Absolutely agree with you. So, um, so Meg, um, it brings me to another thought. Um, a lot of times, and I think more than often we've been, we've been hearing and talking about what are the leadership frameworks or the laws that the CEOs can follow to ensure that the uncertain times in their organizations are navigated well. Now, if we were to bring those frameworks or leadership laws back to HR leaders, because uh, again, if I look at that perspective, the leaders, HR leaders are good at cascading these frameworks to the business leaders, but then when it comes to participating themselves into it and implementing it, I think they just kind of get drawn into the ambiguity of the whole process. So, um, if we were to look at the top ones, say uh, the emphasis is that, that businesses should reject the shortcuts to growth and they should look at a long-term view. They should look at perhaps carving out a space to work on the business, or it could be in terms of igniting curiosity in the organization to ensure that people are building the organization blocks or bringing in some kind of a discipline to the decision-making. Uh, as you've also rightly said, finding a trusted guide or a tribe or an external uh, support that can help them uh, rise, not for themselves, but also for others. Now, if, if I were to just look at these uh, kind of navigating blocks in the journey of any CEO or CXO level, what is your view uh, in terms of what are those four or five things that HR leaders can take care of as a part of their uh, daily progress in the journey of ensuring that the uncertain times should keep them strong and should also ensure that the mindset is thriving to move forward for success? Yeah, that's a really great question. And again, one that is like, I don't know if there's a clear answer on that. I think, I think the building blocks, you know, one important thing is walking the walk and talking the talk. So whatever it is, whether it's, you know, well-being, whether it's, you know, trying to get employees to take time off or whatever message your C-level executive is sending out, having them demonstrate that same message is so important. So if we're telling people take time off, I want to hear about executives taking time off and sharing their stories of, where they went for vacation and what a great time they had and how they logged off the whole time. Because then I feel like you're setting, you're setting a standard for employees to feel like they can do the same thing without feeling guilty. Um, and then I think the other piece that, you know, HR can help with in terms of building blocks is around the foundation of trust and communication. How are we talking to our employees during this really trying time? showing the, um, you know, showing empathy and understanding that we're all going through hard times. Um, everyone is struggling professionally, and that's where HR leaders have to have the bravery to say, 
hey team, I'm struggling too. This is really, really hard, but we're going to get through it together. Um, and just being really open and communicative and transparent is, um, I think is really important and builds that psychological safety and that foundation of trust. Um, and, and I do think there is a point to what you said before around the data. Um, you know, having a ton of data to keep track of what's happening, how to predict future trends, and really how we can get ahead um, and, and just be a more proactive strategic partner to the business is really important. So Meg, if I were to, if I were to retype this question again and ask you, um, what have been your mantra points, um, the four mantra points or five mantra points, which is helping you stay resilient and also ensuring that you aren't burning out, uh, you're not going through a burnout in your journey in these uncertain times? Yeah, gosh, that's a great question. I haven't found the, you know, the silver bullet on this. However, um, some of the things that I do is really like, I'm just trying to keep, keep a perspective and a sense of humor that like, we're going to get through this. The only way to get um, through a tough time is to go through it. Right. So we're going to get through this tough time and really just being open and having my personal board of directors that I can talk to. I have my husband who listens every day to the things that I go through and, and helps me navigate through that. I have my HR colleagues that live it on a day-to-day -day basis and really great to get their perspective and understanding. And I have my family and friends who are there to, to help keep me grounded. And to me, that's so important. Um, and also, again, with perspective, like I see some of the things that my kids struggle through with this pandemic between virtual schools and just growing up and like, that's the tough stuff, right? Like we can get through this and really understanding what the hard things are and, and that we can absolutely do them. Um, I really try to, like I said, I block time to spend with my family because that's really important to me. I try to make exercise a habit. Um, where I can, and that really helps set the tone for my day. Um, so I, you know, again, no simple answer, but if I have those three things of like personal board of directors that I can talk to exercising and just boundary setting to me, those are the days that are really good ones because I have that help and support. Amazing. You know, true inspiration, Meg. Um, <laughs> And, and as we're getting closer to the end, I'd like to ask you the last question that I have on my mind. Uh, we spoke about how HR is taking care of furloughs, layoffs, great resignation, et cetera. But we also know the fact that they themselves have been powerful. So there is a significant community of HR leaders right now who are looking out for opportunities, who've gone through this or still grieving through this uh, tough time for themselves. And unfortunately, they've not had any support as such. So your advice to these HR leaders in terms of how they can continue their journey ahead and how they can continue to stay positive and, and perhaps rebuild their careers or come back on the continuum of their careers in future. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think the biggest piece of advice is ask for help it's okay. Like, again, as HR leaders, we feel like everyone comes to us for the answers. So we feel like we have to have all the answers, but 
it's okay if we don't um, ask for help, um, share what you're struggling with, because I can guarantee we're all struggling with the same thing and we can help each other if we just open up and talk to each other about it. Um, and really don't forget to focus on yourself. And, and I say that as if it's so easy because I certainly am not good at it, but like, where do you get your energy from? Is it from the relationships you build at work or is it from creating that culture where employees do feel engaged and, and safe and happy and whatever it might be, follow that energy. Um, because there's so much that is sucking our energy now, and we can't afford to be depleted of all that when we have to support our organizations. Wow. So I mean, this is amazing. Uh, the amount of gold mine that you've just shared in terms of knowledge and perspective and advice, truly love it. Thank you so much, Megan. Um, and uh, you've, you've really been really nice in spending time with us on this podcast to share your views. Um, thank you, everybody. Stay tuned for the next episode of the Hacking HR podcast, and I will see you soon. Thank you and take care. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you, everybody, for watching or listening to this podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. Please follow us on our social media and subscribe to our newsletter so that you can stay informed of all the things that we're putting together for you from the Hacking HR community. Thank you so much. Please continue to stay safe, stay well, stay strong, and we will see you soon.